Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I have with me yet another Marketers Cruise friend checking out sharing information oh my gosh i'm so excited because when i met mark bartell on the marketers cruise we geeks out i i'm pretty sure we met in the hot tub in the fitness area just Mm -hmm. chatting a whole bunch of us found out that that was the hot tub where nobody knew existed so we all hung out there and all of us techies tech savvy geeks were chilling out in there and I was like, okay, I got to get you on my podcast, Mark, because you are doing some really big stuff. And since then, well, here, let me introduce you to Mark. He was born in Toronto, Canada, raised in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he works with overwhelmed and time-strapped entrepreneurs to get started working with artificial intelligence and other automation systems to benefit their companies using his courses, chatbot programs, and automation offerings. He's been lucky enough to work with professional athletes, e-commerce stores, wealth managers, real estate investors, travel agencies, and digital marketing agencies to streamline their online presence and allow them to focus their time on the parts of their business that they love doing while delegating these soul-crushing parts to technology tools. I love that. Welcome to the show, Mark. Great to be here, Jenny. Oh my gosh. So we got when we were on the marketers cruise, I swear. Mm-hmm. Every day, 17 times a day, ChatGPT came up. Yes. Easily. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm not even like really using it all that much. I'm sure for you, once people found out you're in tech, you probably heard it 34 times a day, if not 17. Oh, yeah. It was the first thing that left people's mouth. Oh, you're in tech, ChatGPT. What do you think? And, you know, I, I've been playing with it. I've been working on a couple projects with it for some clients. And, I had so many people ask me about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just formally offer more training on chat GPT. And I've, you know, since doing that, I've gotten a lot of great feedback and it's been, it's been a whirlwind because, you know, that industry changes so quickly and you got to keep up to date. And, you know, me, myself, as a tech person, it's like, I can barely keep up with this, let alone the people who don't know where to begin or don't know what they're doing. Or I'm just, want, just, you know, they have more, <laughs> they have too much time. They, they need to delegate this stuff. So it's been really great to go in and tell people, hey, here's what you can do with this technology. Here's what you can't do yet, but it's definitely being there and seeing their eyes light up. Oh, snap, I can I can delegate that. I don't have to ever think about it. That's that's one of my favorite things about working with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into the world of tech? What drew you to automation and chatbots and all of this that that has become so prevalent nowadays? Yeah. So I mean, skipping the, the really long life story, but I was always good at physics and stuff in high school. So like once I got to the once I got to the professional world, I was working for a a really solid um technology research company. And it was kind of like 
you know, I was working internally and I was talking with these sales teams on here's how, you know, here's what our clients are looking for. And here's how we should be pitching our stuff and all that stuff. And I felt like, I felt like an assistant coach on a basketball team. Like I was obviously trained in how to automate and how to do all these things with my engineering training, but I was watching all these people go to clients and I'd be like, yeah, you got it from, you know, while staying at the home base, if you will. And like, oddly enough, like the parts of the, my, of my corporate job that I excelled at the best were using these automation tools and data analysis and making these sales teams jobs easier. Like we had one and they had all this data that had no idea what to do with it. And when I first joined the team, I was, you know, fresh out of Duke and these guys, like my boss, he had so much faith in me. Um, we still have a great relationship to this day, but he throws me in front of this team and he's like, Hey, this is Mark. You should listen to him. And a lot of these guys are like, wait, why this kid just graduated. And you know, we've been selling since this kid was in elementary school. Why should we listen to what this guy has to say? And, you know, one team after the other, I'd be like, hey, you got a lot of data here. Let me build a tool that can break it down and derive insights for you. And by the end of my time there, like these guys were fighting to have me on their team. So that was, I mean, I've always been like naturally gravitating towards it, I think. But chatbots and automation specifically, that came about, I think, a year into the corporate job, COVID comes in and takes no prisoners. And I watched a lot of my mentors. I watched a lot of my entrepreneurship guys that I knew. They were doing restaurants, they were doing all these businesses, and they were getting their butts handed to them from closures, from government policies, from lack of customers, from just a huge level of uncertainty. I remember having a conversation with the restaurant owner of mine, and he said, I'm going to be honest, Mark, I don't know if we can continue operating in the next couple of weeks because I barely have enough to afford more inventory and more food, let alone pay my staff. So that really got me thinking, you know, what, what can I do to make these guys jobs? But he's like, is there anything that they just don't want to do or that they are getting their time sucked away from that I could do for them? So that was my first foray into automation tools. Um, I had a really good friend of mine who we've been running together. We watched each other grow for the last three or four years. He suggested really quickly, you know, start looking at chatbots as well, because that's, you know, I guess an adjacent market to the automations you're doing and you could have a lot of fun with it. And I found my first, I guess, chatbot client. I want to say a month or two after that. And from that point on, I realized, oh, because I was still in corporate at this point, I realized, oh, I still got to, I still got to do my day job, but there's definitely a business opportunity here. There's definitely a a way to escape the nine to five, if we can call it that, and enjoy the life that I've always wanted to live. But we way back even in grad school, I always knew, I think I'm going to do entrepreneurship, but I got to, I got to check out the corporate world first before I make that jump. Like I'd, I'd had a ton of people tell me, you're not going to like corporate. It's going to be too structured for you. I was like, you may be right, but I gotta, I gotta test that for myself first. I can't <laughs> like, I, I just got a shiny new grad degree that cost a lot of money. So I got to use it before I do my own thing. And they ended up being right. I think almost to the day, like two years after I accepted my first corporate job, I then, you know, cut loose. I gave my boss farewell. Again, he was really super supportive, but I've been running for, I've been building my agency ever since then. That's fantastic. So in doing all of this, and especially with now all these AI artificial intelligence tools, I know that there's a lot of people who are kind of starting to play with it. They're starting to mm -hmm. try and figure these things out. Give us the, in a nutshell, introduction to AI for anybody who's listening right now who doesn't know at least the basics about artificial intelligence. Yeah. So there's there's a couple different types of AI. and the wave of AI that's and all the hype that's currently in the markets is generative AI. So you have analytical AI, you have 
predictive AI. And those have been around for a while. Those have been around. Those are what you know Facebook and Google are using to analyze their finances, to launch new products. All of the algorithms that we talk about that get you shadow banned for saying politically incorrect statements, all that stuff, that's all a certain type of AI. But this new wave of AI, this is generative AI. And that's, you go to a place like ChatGPT and you say, hey, can you create for me a marketing sales letter? Or can you create a Facebook ad? Or can you, given my background of my company, you know, I'm going to give it to you. Can you provide some resources that I could give as a freebie or something? And then they generate that for you. Now, the biggest thing to keep aware of is like, as you know, you've probably seen a glut of all this stuff on the internet. And there's a difference between those who use it and those who use it well. Like if you're using, if you're just copying and pasting what you get out of these things, it's not going to look good. It's not going to sound like you. And people who have seen a lot of this stuff will definitely be able to say, oh, this guy used AI and he clearly didn't put any effort in that beyond. So there's like, I think the thought leaders of the industry will say, AI is not going to replace your job. Someone who knows how to use AI is going to replace your job. So I think the best way to think about it is, especially at the level it's currently at, it's a supplement to your day job. Like if you if you can use it to create the first draft of an investor's pitch or an advertising campaign or a sales letter or whatever, and then you tweak that with your own voice, then you're going to be much further along than someone who didn't use it or someone who used it and just blindly trusted what it had to say. Mm, so true. Because I, you know, I, when I finally access it, because here's what's interesting. Before we went on the marketer's cruise, I could not get into chat GPT. The few times I tried, it was mm-hmm. so overwhelmed, I couldn't get into it. So finally, I had to play with it after we came back from the cruise, because I was like, that's it. Apparently, I need to get on at like 11 o'clock at night, which is fine, because I'm a night owl. Yeah. Because then hopefully nobody else is on it, right? Trying to mm-hmm. use it. And I was finally able to get in and play with it. And I played with it for a little bit. And what I realized was it was creating decent content. It had it had good information. But what mm-hmm. it didn't have was just what you said. It didn't sound like me. Because one of the prompts mm-hmm. that I put in, because one of the things we talked about, or I remember hearing uh, on the marketer's cruise was you've got to prompt it properly, right? Mm-hmm. So... I told it, think like a podcast host mm-hmm. and create an episode about direct sales and ADHD. Mm-hmm. And it it wrote me a, a decent three-minute episode. It was yep. decent. But when I read it, I was like, this does not sound like me. So I asked mm-hmm. it, okay, take that and add cursing. And it was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it won't do that. But apparently asking it to be sassy sounds mm-hmm. a little bit more like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. So knowing that simple little prompt for me works for me because I'm sassy. Mm-hmm. I'm edgy. I'm, you know, yes, I will sometimes curse on my on my monologue episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly that helped knowing those things. Um, but I know one thing that people are trying to do with chat GPT is create other content for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. where is it that you're seeing people make a mistake with that? So you said just copying and pasting. That's one thing that they're doing wrong. They're just, here's, here's some good content. Yeah. You know, what's another mistake you see people doing with the, the with AI in general, mm-hmm. not just chat GPT, but AI in general. Yeah, I think with all these tools, the thing to remember, and this is this is a somewhat of a 
a paradox is that people who use it like a technology tool are the off, more often than not, those are the ones who struggle with it the most. Like when you think of a typical piece of software, you input, you know, X and you're going to get Y back. And that should be consistent for any piece of reliable software. But if you like, you could plug in the same prompt nine and 10 times in any of these tools and you'll get a different response each time. So there's, um, there's an article I read about it recently. And their argument was those who understand how to communicate, those who know how to articulate their thoughts and communicate with their teams fare a lot better with these types of tools than those who simply treat it like a piece of technology. So instead of going to, and I, you know, God forgive me because I love my engineering friends, instead of going to a computer scientist and saying, teach me how to use ChatGPT, you're better off going to a sales manager or someone who has the soft skills, the people skills necessary to communicate their demands and their requirements. Like if you have an intern, you're not just going to say, hey, give me this, and then you'll take it and plug it in shamelessly. Like you'll say, okay, you know, intern. Okay, I like this paragraph. I don't like that paragraph. Oh, you know, this closing is kind of weak. Um, sprinkle in some more personality as you've talked about, and then you'd present that. So if you treat these AI tools more like a member of your team instead of just a software tool to plug and chug, plug and play, you're going to get a lot better content out of it that you can use a lot more effectively. Ah, oh, I love, I love that. That is so good. So good. Ah, okay. That just might, that just might be the title for today's episode. <laughs> um, I love it. So where else are you seeing advancements or where do you see AI going in the world of business next? Mm -hmm. I think, and this is something I've known I've observed for like the last three or four years, because when I was working in corporate, I was working with a lot of big corporations like Fortune 500s and helping them integrate technology, digital transformations, as they referred to them. It was this buzzword and everybody stated the importance of it, but nobody knew what it meant or how to actually implement that. So I think across the board, this stuff is going to be evolving faster than politicians and lawmakers, definitely, but also business people can maintain it and can understand it. So, I mean, for those early adopters, you're starting to see really interesting use cases on what can be done with it. And there's all there's always going to be the the doom and gloomers, if you will. And I don't think that's that's not to be disregarded, but I also personally have a, just a little bit more of an optimistic viewpoint on it. Like one of my buddies, he was getting a PhD when I was getting a master's and he specifically specialized in machine learning. And he said, like if you if you tell a robot or a piece of AI to make the entire world paper clips, like their sole function is going to be carrying out that directive. Like if like if the world would completely be transformed into paper clips, they'd be they'd be happy with that. But they're not going to deviate too much from that. Like they'll get more creative in their approach, but they're going to be at the end of the day, like they have one goal, and that's to transform the world into paper clips. So as far as where it's going to go next, I mean, there's use cases popping up every day. And I think time will tell which of those are viable in the market. Like you can already start seeing some now that are like, oh, this is definitely going to be a thing. And this is definitely going to change the way certain industries are run. You can also see some that are already falling by the wayside. Like within the medical industry, you can see a lot of advancements in, I mean, and I'm, I'm not sure how much, how much I should be saying here about the, the pharma industry, but I did an internship when I was an undergrad about for drug testing. and. Drug testing, honestly, like there's a lot less just due to the nature of the industry, due to the business constraints and all those things, there's a lot less 
I don't want to say intelligence because that's really insulting, but there's a lot less hypothesizing and educated guessing being put into making these drugs so much as like, let's just ram as many molecules as we can at a time through all these testings and find whichever one works best for our purposes. And the cool thing about these AI tools is they can do that a lot faster using simulations. So instead of having to manually test hundreds and hundreds of different molecules, you can then use a computer and find the most promising ones based off the simulations that the AI has generated. So that's a use case. And granted, I'm no longer anywhere near the medical industry. So that was my observations five or six years ago. Could be totally different now. But that's the use case I've read about that would actually be you know really solid. One that I've seen specifically for entrepreneurs that's kind of falling by the wayside, and that is using AI to generate an e-commerce store or to drop ship off of Etsy. Like there's one guy on the internet, I don't remember what his name is, but he basically documents his experiences of going to chat GBT and saying, hey, let me um, let me start a business. And I need I need the prompts that I can plug into one of these graphic generating tools. And then we're going to take those, we're going to put them on a mug or a t-shirt or whatever, and then we're going to sell it on Etsy. And there's like you could just type in chat GPT Etsy. There are reams and reams of videos of all these entrepreneurs saying like $500 a day with chat GPT. And I mean, these guys are basically reading off a script. You can kind of tell just based off how most yeah. of them present. But this particular guy, he documented his whole observations of going from, oh, yeah, we're going to make we're going to make lots of money. We're going to scale this. We're going to have a huge, you know, Amazon 2.0 store. And then five months later, he's like, yeah, this is this is not going to work. And there's various reasons for that that we can go into. But I mean, yeah, there are some things that this stuff is going to lend itself really well to. There are some that are going to be hyped for a little bit. And eventually they're going to fall by the wayside and people will, because the barrier to entry is so low, you're not really going to make any money off that unless you're, you know, the one in 10,000 that can really personalize it. And that kind of goes back to our previous point of you can't just use the AI tool and run with it. You have to add your personal touch to it because otherwise there's nothing to stop 10,000 other people from doing exactly what you just did. Exactly. So what would you say since you've been working with this so closely for the past year or so mm -hmm. is the most creative way you've seen a business actually use ai mm -hmm. to build and grow whether it was grow sales or advertise or market what was the most creative thing you've seen that that you were like oh that's really cool or that's really yeah. clever i like the way they use ai for that like can you tell us one of those yeah so there is um there's a presentation at i want to say it was ad world that i attended about six or seven months ago and this entrepreneur got on stage and this presentation alone was worth the price of admission. But he said, how I use all these automation tools to streamline my work and save my team, I want to say like 100 hours a month or something like that. And he walked through four different use cases. Um, I don't remember what they all were, but the one that stuck out to me the most was client onboarding. So client onboarding, employee onboarding, gathering feedback from the customer like on a weekly basis. And then I don't remember what the fourth one was, but he had all these tools like from the CRM, you type in their information and then it automatically generates a contract. It automatically sends that contract to the user. Once they've signed it, it automatically kicks off all the onboarding processes that you would otherwise have to do manually. I was completely enthralled by that when I saw it. So I, I reverse engineered it. I must've watched that lecture four or five times trying to get every little nook and cranny out of it. And then I started offering that to my clients. And that's been, that's been a huge hit. And that's allowed me to retain a lot of sales that process. So with automations, I'd say just taking 90% of the client onboarding process and automating that has been a game changer for my business. And it's been a game changer for a lot of the companies that I've worked with as well.
within, I guess, more explicit generative AI based on what we've been talking about, my favorite one so far has been getting these tools to respond to emails and then save them in draft form. And then you can go in and say, hey, I like the tone of this, but let's change the answer or let's change a little tweak or something. It's like having a little assistant, like an intern that reads all your mail and, hey, I took the liberty boss of giving a response to this. Now you just got to push send. So a lot of those really tedious tasks, I've been able to minimize for both myself and my clients. And that's of the chat GPT use cases, that one's my personal favorite. That's pretty freaking hot because I do have to say one of the areas for me personally that is the biggest craw in my side or thorn in my side is email. Like I literally mm -hmm. have at any given time somewhere between 450 and 600 unread emails. And these, mm -hmm. I've already unsubscribed to as many things as I possibly can. So these are the actual emails that I have to respond to at some point. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I may just have to hire someone <laughs> or apparently have you help me create a chat GPT <laughs> response mechanism. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to do it. That'd be great. Oh my gosh. That is really cool. Cause I hadn't even considered something like that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to bring you on because I, like the idea of ChatGPT, using it in a variety of ways for businesses. And you've actually done a couple of things that I think is brilliant. First of all, you put together an ebook that helps people understand the mistakes that are being made with ChatGPT. So tell us about that. Yeah. So this was a compilation of the, the I think it's called like the nine mistakes you're making with ChatGPT. And it's just the most common things that I see my clients doing wrong when they're using these tools. Like we'll hop on a call and I'll say, how are you using this? Or show me what you've gotten with your prompts or whatever. And they'll say, oh, I got this. And I'm like, okay, so let's go a couple steps back. How did you design this prompt? Or what are your expectations of chat GPT? And I've heard about a dozen things. I probably got to update that ebook because I've, I've definitely seen some new ones. <laughs> but when I wrote it, it's like, okay, these are the nine mistakes that people are making. That could be either mismanaged expectations not using the tool properly, um, not being aware of its limitations, like what you talked about at the beginning, like you, it won't swear. And like there's, yeah, there's certain topics that ChatGPT just refuses to engage with. And that's, you know, for better, for worse, depending on <laughs> how much you believe it should be free. But yeah, like you can find ways to work around that in some instances. Some things are just like, no, hard no, never going to work. But for a lot of those, a lot of those walls that people hit, you can usually convince ChatGPT to do it by wording it a different way. So yeah, the ebook, it's, I don't remember how many pages it is, but it's just a quick compilation that I created after observing all this, I mean, all the clients I was working with one, but also all the advice on LinkedIn and all these blogs, a lot of them, because it's a new field and a lot of people are still feeling out what works with this thing and what doesn't. So that is, that is me contributing my piece to the, all the chat GPT content that exists out in the world. But that's again, based off what I've seen with my clients. I, I think that it's brilliant because then at least people will know not to do those because sometimes it's just as useful to know what not to do as mm -hmm. to know what to do. So, so badass crew, we've got the link to his book, his ebook in the show notes. If this is your first time listening to the show, make sure you just click on today's episode on your phone as long as you're not driving and you'll see the link directly to the ebook and we'll have it in nice big bold letters so you can find that easily. Um, and then the other thing that you're doing is you're actually 
teaching people what to do so they can read the ebook on what not to do, but you're actually teaching people what to do with ChatGPT and how to use it with their business. Tell us about the course you're doing. Yeah, so this was this was um, a product I came up with on the Marcus Cruise, actually, but the course is called Ultimate ChatGPT Mastery. And the design of this is to take someone who's never even touched artificial intelligence, like you've heard about it in all the headlines and you think, I got to do that. And then you hop onto their website and you're like, oh my God, I will do this next week. And like, we've all been there. Like you look at something and you're like, oh, it's like opening up the hood of a car. Oh my God, let's just close that and hope it makes it to the, hope it makes it to the mechanic. It's it's kind of like that. And that's that's who the course is designed for. So I got six modules in there. First one's an introduction. Second and third one are how to research and write with ChatGPT, how to get your voice to be spoken through ChatGPT. And the fourth one is ChatGPT for your business. And then the fifth and sixth one are how to make it even better. So like now that you know how to use ChatGPT, how can you take all these extra plugin tools, all the extensions, all that stuff and make it better for you. And the cool thing, and this is like the really fascinating thing about the AI industry is yes, ChatGPT is the biggest, it's the biggest player, but each of those tools, there's Bard, there's Bing, and there's, I mean, those are all the big ones, but there's tons and tons of smaller ones that either attach to those tools or they're built with different databases. And that allows you to extract different knowledge out of them. Like ChatGPT is very generic and that's good. But if you ask it to write a play based off of something super nerdy, like there's there's a lot of stuff that it will confidently it will confidently bullshit to you, basically. And unless you know, <laughs> unless you know the subject matter you're talking about, you're just going to you're going to confidently present it and you're going to miss the fact that it's not real content. Like there's an issue with a lawyer, I want to say a couple months ago, and he used ChatGPT to create his briefs for his legal argument or something and like in the middle of the courtroom or something it came it became knowledge it came to pass that a lot of the court cases that this thing had referenced straight up didn't exist so <gasps> yeah that was embarrassing and that's that's one of those instances like you know just worst time for that to happen you know being at the wrong place wrong time situation but the point is there's other databases that have specific data sets that ChatGPT doesn't necessarily have that make them more effectively equipped for answering certain questions or doing certain things. So the fifth module is understanding which of those tools to use for which situations, how to prompt those ones, um, how to connect them to ChatGPT if necessary, all that fun stuff. And then the last module is about the ethics of this stuff, where the industry is going to go, how to get the tools to talk to each other, all that fun stuff. So Basically, it's a zero to hero type of ChatGPT course. If you have lots of tech skills, lots of tech um, background, you'll still get something out of it. But it's it's primarily geared for the people who have no idea what any of this stuff means. And you know, what, what's AI? Like those types of people are the ones that I've been able to really work with well in the course. Oh, fantastic. That is great to know because, you know, again, I feel like I'm more tech savvy than the average entrepreneur. and still, I don't feel like I know even a tenth of probably what I need to know, especially about AI and all the usages for it, because I have heard some mm -hmm. really creative ways to use it before. And there are ways, you know, it, also on the cruise was Molly Mahoney. And I've seen her do a couple of things where he, she has shown, OK, you're going to do this here and then you're going to take that and put it into this thing over in Canva. <laughs> and, yep. and I'm like, Holy bejesus. She got like 160 social media posts done in less than five mm -hmm. minutes between ChatGPT and Canva. And I was like, yep. 
that's really hot. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then of course I couldn't freaking repeat it. <laughs> I couldn't even get 20 of them done in 20 yeah. minutes. Like, like, oh my gosh. But then of course she's been doing, she's been using it for years. So mm-hmm. Mark, this has been amazing. I am so excited to share you with the world and especially with my badass crew, because I get people asking me about, about chat GPT and I'm going to be like, you know what? Don't talk to me. Talk to my buddy, Mark. <laughs> because I'm just not even close, not even close to being the expert when it comes to this kind of stuff. And you're literally teaching the world how to do this. So badass crew, again, we're going to put the link to the course. So if you're sitting here going, Ooh, I need that course, the link to the course is in the show notes, or you can reach out to Mark. Mark, how would you like them to connect with you if they have more specific questions for you? Yeah. So the best way right now would be my personal email. That is mark.bartell at blueoceanautomators.com. There you go. And of course, if you're worried about how to spell all of that, we have it in the show notes. I know you all just said it with me. So Mark, this was awesome. I can't wait to see you. Hopefully you're going to be on the next uh, Marketers Cruise in January. Yep. I already got my ticket. It's all booked. Yes, me too. So any of you who are listening, who you've heard me talking about the Marketers Cruise and you've heard my interview with the three, four, five people that I've had on from the Marketers Cruise, and you're like, I feel like I should be there. If you feel like you should be there, you are absolutely right. So mm. go to marketerscruise.com, sign up. And and of course, because you're my listener, make sure you say that Jenny Bellinger invited you. <laughs> and... I will personally see you on the cruise and help introduce you to people there. So, Mark, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jenny. It's been a pleasure. Oh, you are very welcome. And Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.